Good morning. From the newsroom of the Financial Times, today is Monday, November 26th, and this is your FT News Briefing. Today we'll be looking at a big break for a Brexit deal, new questions about Goldman Sachs and 1MDB, and a maritime face-off between Russia and Ukraine. Then, the FT's Harriet Agnew will take us to the scene of protests that have broken out across Paris. I'm Eric Krupke, and here's the news you need to start your day. Yesterday, EU leaders signed off on the terms of Britain's exit from the European Union. Britain has been a part of the Union for 45 years, and this deal aims to pave the way for a smooth Brexit. Leaders on both sides of the negotiations said this plan is the only way forward. This is the best deal possible for Britain. This is the best deal possible for Europe. This is the only deal possible. So I will take this deal back to the House of Commons, confident we have achieved the best deal available. Now, Prime Minister Theresa May will focus on the fight to win over the House of Commons. MPs are due to vote on the deal before Christmas. Today, she'll convene her cabinet to talk about how to avoid a defeat in Parliament. Opposition parties have come out against the proposal, and more than 90 Conservative MPs have publicly criticized the plan. Later this week, Mrs. May will head off on a tour around the country to appeal for public support. And Goldman Sachs has come under increasing scrutiny for its role in the scandal with the Malaysian investment fund 1MDB. U.S. prosecutors have charged two former Goldman bankers with money laundering and other crimes. Now, the FT has learned that the New York Federal Reserve told the investment bank to tighten its oversight of risk and to report more of its internal debates about deals. That was just after the bank completed $6.5 billion of controversial bond financing for the 1MDB. Goldman implemented changes to how their internal committees oversee bank operations in 2013, but they weren't publicly disclosed. These changes add to questions about Goldman's handling of the 1MDB deals. You're listening to a video released by Crimean Media. Last night, Russian security forces opened fire on three Ukrainian naval ships. It happened near a naval choke point off the coast of the disputed Crimea Peninsula. There was a standoff between the two navies before Russia seized the Ukrainian ships. Ukraine's navy estimates that six sailors were injured. Russian security services said the altercation started when the Ukrainian ships entered Russian territorial waters without permission, and that the Russian navy was forced to use weapons to stop them. Ukraine said a Russian border patrol rammed one of its tugboats, and that Russia blocking Ukraine's passage was aggressive. Early this morning, Ukrainian President Petro Poroshenko said he'd ask parliament to approve a 60-day state of war. He said it doesn't amount to a declaration of war and that Ukraine doesn't plan to attack another country. He also said citizen rights won't be limited. It was the most serious maritime escalation between Russia and Ukraine since Moscow invaded the peninsula in 2014. And here's something you might want to know more about. Last weekend, protests broke out around Paris. And this weekend, they continued. They started in opposition to the increase in fuel taxes. French President Emmanuel Macron plans to release a new 10-year energy plan this week that will push France to use more renewable energy sources. But now, the protests seem to be a show of discontent with Macron himself. 
The French unemployment rate is at 9%, and many feel Macron's policies favor the rich. The FT's Paris correspondent Harriet Agnew was at the scene of one of these protests on Saturday. So on Saturday, I went down to the Champs-Élysées to see what was going on there, and it was rather chaotic there. So there were sort of mini bonfires, there were people smashing store windows, people building barricades, protesters threw stones at the police. And in the end, the police and the security forces deployed this water cannon and pepper spray and tear gas in order to stop people from continuing the march and going on to the Elysee Palace. Uh, And what was it like being down there? It was a little bit unnerving, and it was mainly just the sort of smell of all the smoke and the tear gas in your eyes as well. So when did these protests start? So really, this is the second sort of big coordinated Gilets Jaunes protest that there's been. So the movement is called the uh, Gilets Jaunes, and this really just means yellow vests, and it refers to these high-visibility bright yellow gilets that they've all been wearing. So the figure was actually quite a lot less than last weekend. Last weekend, there were about 280,000 protesters across France. And then this Saturday, there were 106,000 and about 8,000 in Paris. And who exactly is out protesting right now? What are they protesting? Well, I think what's really interesting is that unlike a lot of the strikes in France or the marches, which are typically aligned to a particular political party or to a trade union. This is really um, a grassroots initiative that has no official leaders, no political affiliation, and it really relies on social media to mobilise its cohort. So initially, the Gilets Jaunes protest started as an online petition against the government's decision to increase fuel taxes. But really, since then, it's widened and just become an outlet for anyone who is dissatisfied with anything. So it cuts across age, across employment status and across political affiliation. When I went out onto the Champs-Élysées on Saturday, I spoke to various different people and really their complaints were all in the similar vein. It was things like they felt that Macron's out of touch with the lives of ordinary people. They felt like they were paying more taxes, both on things like the fuel tax, in social charges. They felt that he favoured the rich at the expense of the poor They felt that he's distant from people and that there's a big fracture between the cities and the countryside. And has Macron responded? So Macron spoke on the sidelines of a European Council meeting in Brussels on Sunday. And he actually downplayed this fracture between the cities and the countryside, which is something that the Gilets Jaunes have complained about. He said the situation is also very difficult in some areas of the big cities. And there is a part of our rurality that succeeds in building a model of development and dynamism on the demographic level. But he said that a challenge for everyone today who is governing is to build this new model of inclusive economic development. He said that allows the foundation of our democracies, the middle and working classes, to find their place. What does it look like the future of these protests are? Does it look like they're dying down or will they continue? There's kind of a bit of confusion because like a lot of it is mobilized on things like Facebook. So it's hard to know sort of what is real and what the next um, stage will be. But it sounds like they're not going to go quietly. You can read more on all of these stories at FT.com. Today, we'll be following all the latest on the Brexit deal. 
and we'll be watching to see whether Cyber Monday sales will be enough to boost markets. This has been your daily FT News Briefing. Make sure you check back tomorrow for all the latest business news. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor, what's a mistake they made that changed their approach, and how do they find their next great idea. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.